get packaging mockups made, go put them on shelves, see how they sell to really get an understanding of like, will your product succeed on the market or not? And, you know, like some of those tests can just be really telling. Like a lot of people will will design packaging and all these things and will order it without even like first getting a legit sample, going and putting it on a shelf and looking at it. We'll also do some testing at local stores of like, there, you know, there are just some relationships that, that I have where it's like, I can walk in, I can put something on the shelf and we'll come back after a week and see how well it's sold. And it's like, okay, like, is the packaging right? Is the price point right? Uh, okay, like, does it stand out? Like, and, and there's a lot of those questions that like can be addressed, but you need to be in store rather than just totally online. And I originally was kind of like a neuroscience nerd. And I fell in love with neuroscience because I took a course through MIT when I was in high school. And it was all about what all the different drugs do to your brain. And I feel like that is where I became sort of like a biohacker type person. It was like, whoa, like you can control your brain with anything, right? So on today's episode, the founder of Forage, Parker Olsen, shares how he's building and scaling his mushroom-infused functional CPG food brand through rapid experimentation, branding, retention, fundraising, and distribution. This is the 2X e-commerce podcast hosted by Kunle Campbell. So welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. I hope you're having a good, good, good day. On today's episode, I'm joined by Parker Olson. He's the founder of Forage, a digital native consumer packaged goods brand that sells functional nootropic mushroom infused granola cereals. Parker talks about how he is scaling his business both in the direct to consumer and in store fronts through branding, retention, rigorous testing, and expansion into new product categories. He also shares his thoughts on fundraising and distribution strategies. For some context, Forage started when Parker realized he couldn't find a high-quality granola that met his dietary needs. He wanted something that was not only wholesome, gluten-free, low in sugar, but also cognitively functional. As a self-professed foodie and biohacker, he set out to make his own granola, experimenting with different ingredients and techniques until he found the perfect recipe that integrated the mushroom called lion's mane and chaga, which are believed to support brain health, immune function, and energy levels. The mushrooms are extracted and blended with other natural ingredients to create Forage's unique products. After sharing his granola with his friends and family, he received an overwhelming positive feedback and decided to launch Forage as a business. The brand's name is inspired by the word forage, which means in search for and gather food reflecting the company's focus on using high-quality natural ingredients. So why should you listen to this episode? Well, first, if you're going to learn about you know, the building blocks of you know, good food brand business, with the most fundamental being the importance of sourcing high-quality ingredients, creating a unique brand, and finding the right distribution ch- uh, channels, Second is you're going to learn how to test on a hyper-local scale in your own market before making a big big push into other channels. He has personal experience on, in that. Parker got into like packaging mock-ups made and put them on the shelves to see how they were sold in relation to other brands. And as it is important to really, really get packaging, pricing, and placement right before making a big push in other channels. 
Finally, the you're going to find out the importance of customer feedback. Parker emphasizes the importance of listening to customer feedback and adjusting the products accordingly. He discusses how Forage has made changes to its packaging and pricing based on customer feedback. So if all this sounds exciting to you, then pay attention because Parker and I geek out a bit on functional mushrooms as you know, traditional medicines and you know, there are numerous health benefits at the start of this conversation. So without further ado, let's get started. Let's take a short pause to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Today, I'd like to introduce you to the highest rated live chat app on Shopify called Tidio. Tidio is a robust and highly versatile live chat and customer success platform that enables you to provide personalized shopping experiences, increase customer satisfaction and sales, and manage all your communication channels on a single dashboard. It also lets you automate up to 47% of recurring questions enabled by its deep Shopify integration. Not only is Tidio great for increasing customer satisfaction and sales, but it is also budget-friendly. With the TDO Plus plan, you get a dedicated customer success manager, personalized training sessions, and more. As an e-commerce coach and operator, I consistently recommend TDO to other e-commerce operators and have it installed on our brand websites. I've seen the benefits firsthand, so I definitely recommend that you check it out. TDO powers over 300,000 brand websites, including companies like Shell, Wellbot, and Value Furniture. To take control of your customer relationships today, that would in turn supercharge your growth and set the stage for success, head to tidio.com forward slash 2x. That is T-I-D-I-O.com forward slash 2x. A special discount on Tidio Plus for 2x e-commerce podcast listeners awaits you. Hey Parker, welcome to the 2x e-commerce podcast. Hey, stoked to, stoked to be here. Excited to talk all things about the background of forage and e-commerce and retail and selling. So I appreciate you having me on. No, no, amazing. Amazing. We, we've been sort of LinkedIn connections, just watching each mm-hmm. other's posts you know, from, from time to time. It's been about six months or so, and I, I've always wanted to have this conversation, and I'm, I'm glad we, we finally made it happen. Yeah, likewise. Um, yeah, yeah, I hope I hope listeners they'll, they'll at least get the maybe the weirdest, uh, the can maybe the strangest candidate you've ever had on here for sure. All right, I like strange. I like the sounds <laughs> of that. I like. <laughs> All right, so, so 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 forage. Let's start out with the name. Um, what? Why you're the mushroom man? So every time I see you, you have like a, a mushroom emoji by you. So so why forage? Let's let's get some background on, on that first. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, I definitely like, I definitely promote the, the mushroom ethos. I've kind of gone all in on it. Um, yeah, so yeah, Forage, that's that's the name of my brand. It's F-O-R-I-J. It's it's the proper phonetic spelling. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a play on on mushroom foraging. So yeah, yeah you kind of hit it on the, hit the nail on the head. So, you know, long story short, my background, I originally was kind of like a neuroscience nerd. Um, and I fell in love with neuroscience because I took a course through MIT when I was in high school. And it was all about what all the different drugs do to your brain. And I feel like that is where I became sort of like a biohacker type person. It was like, whoa, like you can control your brain with anything, right? Uh, and so originally went pre-med in neuroscience. I bailed on, you know, bailed on that when I saw how many years of school that, that was going to take. And, you know, double major finance, neuroscience, took a consulting job out of school in Seattle 
and um, basically like got really curious about my nutrition. So, you know, fundamental belief, and I feel like part of how I've lived my life is, um, you know, not, not kind of being a nonconformist uh, of, a, of a bit. I don't know. And, and I think it stems from, from like a deep childhood. Uh, it's not an issue, but like a deep childhood um, connection where like my, I had an older brother and we always looked alike. So I always got compared to him. So I feel like I grew up with this like need to like want to be my own person. Mm-hmm. So and anyways, I uh, decided I'd go vegan for 30 days and I document how, how I'd feel and I did that and, and it was actually pretty cool. Like I actually felt pretty good after about 17 days. Um, and so I said, you know, screw it, I'll, I'll do it again. So for 18 months in a row, I tried different nutritional regimens, like was just full on experimenting on myself one month at a time, documenting how I felt and like the best month of how I felt out of that whole 18 months was when I was supplementing with these like mushroom teas or, or mushroom powders. They're almost like caffeine. It's, it was like a caffeine alternative, right? Yeah. Coffee alternative. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure, are you familiar with like, you know, like you see them all over the place now. Mod like, water, space goods. There's, sure. there's one in the UK called space goods. There's another one in America, which is really big. It's, it's like space goods equivalent. Um, like everyday dose or rise. Everyday dose, or, yeah. Yep, yeah, rise. Four Sigmatic. Um, yeah. So I got really into that. And, um, you know, I went, went through this, this month of supplementing with these teas and I wasn't drinking caffeine or any other, or any other supplementation and felt really, really good by the end of the month. And so I, you know, kind of put my nerdy hat back on. Go what, ahead. So how do you mean felt really good? Yeah. Good, good clarification. It was honestly like, I was just humming on all cylinders, like was just super efficient at work, felt like really just cognitively kind of focused and where it was like, I'd show up at work, I knew exactly what I had to do, I would do what I had to do. And I would be like, done with with my work day. And I feel like I was finishing my work days, you know, 30% faster than, than previously. And I just had like a lot of energy physically, like was, was like, had a lot of energy to go be really active. And I was like, you know, all my room was super organized and like was just sleeping really well and like feeling overall in like a really positive outlook mood and just like overall like felt really, really good. So, so, so energy, calm, focus, yeah, and then stability, mental, just stability, really. Yeah. Agility. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. And then that yeah. translated to your physical accession. So it's so with your workouts and, and at work your cognition. Yeah. Yeah. was just out like super active. Um, like wasn't, you know, didn't like, wasn't feeling super achy, like sore, like didn't have like kind of miscellaneous, like muscle issues. Right. Which it's not like I do all the time, but just like mm-hmm. the body felt really healthy too. So what were the core, what was your, your diet like and what, what mm-hmm. mushrooms did you, what, what were the top mushrooms you used at the time you, you saw these yes. results? So, so for the diet, I was trying to just kind of eat like, like on no specific diet in certain, right? Because I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of wanted to control for variables. Mm-hmm. The mushrooms that that I specifically was 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 honed in on, um, there were a couple like primary ones and then I would kind of sort, you know, I'd bring ones, other ones in and out. But for me, like lion's mane, which I imagine like a lot of your your audience has heard of, yeah. um, reishi, chaga, cordyceps, uh, turkey tail, those were kind of like the core mushrooms for me. Uh, and then was just like eating a lot of mushrooms too. So like brown button mushrooms. 
Okay, so so how did you ingest it? Was it was it in in powder form? Was it in capsule form? Did you did you mm-hmm. take um, them in in, in milligrams? Because we give our kids um, lion's mane on a daily basis, for instance. Cool. Um, and for for one of our brands, Linkafine, one of our top selling coffees um, has lion's mane, cordyceps, um, reshi. And some other mushroom I cannot pronounce. <laughs> Even if, if I if I if you put me in gone point, but but um, how are you taking the mm-hmm. the mushrooms to to see these results? Yeah, so I, I kind of initially like I was testing out different products. So I was like I think I started with mud water, and I didn't like I don't love the taste, and I tried like a couple other ones, and you know wasn't doing coffee, so these were all like mushroom tea alternatives, but just mm-hmm. didn't love them. And so I started actually going and sourcing my own mushrooms from this apothecary nearby. And I was brewing, like I would brew up um, like decocted sort of like teas. Um, I was also sourcing like hyper extracted powders or Mm. or liquids and was was honestly testing several different things. But like, I really enjoyed making my own. Um, And yeah, so I I didn't do any pills, but but did some like liquid extracts, um, some powder extracts, and, and then was brewing my own teas at home. Yeah, I've also found with the extracts that there's um, uh, there some 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 sellers would say it's a ten to one extract ratio, and others would say it's a four to one, and that just confuses the heck out of me. I'm like, you know, wh- what do you mean? And when you read it, it's, it's like you're you're going you're you're studying organic chemistry again. <laughs> it's like, yeah. 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 And, and, and I don't know if, if we like really want to get into that. And I, mm-hmm. I would say the reality is like for, for anybody who's listening and interested of like, okay, how do I gauge the quality of a supplement? Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really about like the, the terptamine, which is a, it's just a phyto, phytonutrient and, and a polysaccharide mm-hmm. um, like levels. So like beta glucans are, are, are fall under the, the polysaccharide category. Mm-hmm. And like those are the active ingredients that like are really that like that are really driving a lot of this value that people are seeking from these medicinal mushrooms, right? So I feel like the most common one and, and something that that we use in, in our products is lion's mane. Okay. And those nutrients like within lion's mane that are driving kind of, you know, and maybe we can get into this in a second, but driving some some of those scientific benefits or, or really those cognitive and, and neurological benefits it's all about like the, the quantity and quality of like beta glucans polysaccharides terptamines um w- within the actual mushroom so depending on on how the mushroom was grown or what part of the mushroom is used for the supplement there's mm-hmm. going to be different amounts of those compounds um in bioavailable formats um so there's different ways of of actually um extracting these nutrients from these mushrooms so you can extract nutrients uh, with with a water based uh, extraction yeah. method, or yeah. yeah, yeah, with an oil slash alcohol. And so the the, the terptamines and and the polysaccharides are actually getting ex, you know extracted in one of the other methods. So if you're consuming a lion's mane supplement that's been you know water uh, water extracted, I believe that's only that's only drawing the I believe it's the terptamines and maybe the polysaccharides. I may be switched mm-hmm. around on this, but to get like the holistic, you know, micronutrient profile, you mm-hmm. really want to look for supplements that are that are going through what's referred to as a dual extraction process. Okay. Um, I will just say like quick disclaimer, it also depends like what are those benefits or what are those specific compounds you're really looking for, right? I think a safe bet if you're like, oh, I'm interested in these, 
I want to start, you know, trying them and I want to know that I'm getting a supplement that that's real and authentic, I would look for a dual a dual extracted supplement. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Which is the water and the oil or the water and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Okay. Correct. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. No, thanks. 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 That, 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 that really clarifies things. Okay. So, um, you, you, you get to this epiphany of, um, realization that, um, this is truly life changing because it, it affects the brain. The brain affects our emotions and how we just turn up in life. And, mm-hmm. you know, it really depends on the decisions you make, but this is the baseline. What do you do next? Yeah. So I, you know, became pretty enamored. And for me, it, yeah, that was it. It was like, I, f- I felt it right. And, and after I felt it, I was like, okay, what's going on here? So th- that's when I dove into the research, you know, I, I joined our, our local Michael society, which, you know, is, is just a big mushroom club an official mushroom club. And I sat on the board there for about two years, um, got really into mushroom foraging. And for me, like I was looking for creative ways to get these mushrooms and, and these compounds into my diet. Like I, I don't still to this day, I don't like love mushroom coffee. Um, I don't think the teas are like really satisfying. Like, like I, it just doesn't taste good. It's not something I'm like, Ooh, I really, really want a cup of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of experimenting with different ways to, to get them into my diet. And for a while I would, was eating oatmeal. And so I started putting in my oatmeal in the morning and then, you know, I was bringing it into work and talking to people about it. And then I, I started putting it in, in a granola concept and again, was just bringing it into the office. And for my own like creative endeavors was having other people try it. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, people were at first like, yeah, it doesn't taste good. It literally tastes like dirt. And I'm like, okay. And then, you know, continue to go back and, and reformulate. And I was working with, with a friend's sister at the time who was a chef and finally got a product that was really good and was just eating it myself and giving it away. And I found myself at a startup conference and couldn't have, have you been to like startup conferences uh, ever? Um, no, no, actually I haven't. I, okay. I, I haven't. No. For those that, that are listening that have been on, they know exactly what I'm talking about where mm-hmm. everybody at these conferences is asking like, what are you working on? You know, what are you mm-hmm. doing? And I sort of made it up. I, I told them I was building the first like food, food focused, um, kind of like mushroom supplement brand. I, I think that's how I framed it at the time. And nine out of 10 people looked at me like I had 10 heads. You know, people were like, I don't know what that is or why I should care. Don't care. Until finally, like, a, like one of the major sponsors of the show, I was randomly chatting with him and he like was really interested. He's like, I think this is going to be huge. I think this is going to be a massive trend. I'm a huge believer. The guy who puts on the show is a huge believer. Let me go introduce you to him. And, and that was where it became a little bit more serious for me. Let's take a short pause to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Let's talk about the importance of retention in e-commerce growth and the role that marketing automation plays in achieving it. When it comes to marketing automation, the gold standard platform for e-commerce is Klaviyo. I've been using Klaviyo since 2017 and I've watched it evolve from an email-only platform to a unified customer platform with integrated email and SMS capabilities. Not only have I watched it evolve, but I've been able to use Klaviyo to roll out highly targeted messaging flows to VIPs and high-risk customers who are about to churn, and even implement on-site behavior-triggered message flows, all with high deliverability rates. I've never once had to worry about not being able to use Klaviyo for even my wildest automation and optimization dreams, because Klaviyo has deep integration with my tech stack with over 300 integrations. 
It's no wonder why over 100,000 brands trust Clavio, including big names like Glossier, Iconic London, Wilkinson Sword, Italis, Grind, and Blender's Eyewear. And at Octelion, where we acquire digital native brands in both the health and beauty and the food and beverage industries, we use Clavio in our portfolio brands like Lean Caffeine. With Clavio, you will have a single platform to personalize at scale and connect with your customers to grow more profitably and sustainably on your own terms without having to rely on expensive strategies like paid advertising. So don't wait. Try Clavio today and take control of your e-commerce growth. Get a free trial at clavio.com slash 2x. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash 2x. If you're looking to take your e-commerce growth to the next level, I highly recommend checking out Recharge for your recurring payments and subscription management needs. With Recharge, you'll be able to streamline your recurring payments, create predictability, and even further automate your business. So don't wait. Get started with the subscription platform trusted by over 50 million subscribers across the world. Try Recharge today and see how it can help you retain your customers and grow your business. So head over to rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. That is rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. It's so funny that um, I, I interviewed the founder of Usuper. Um, Usuper is a, it, it's a mm-hmm. vegan, you know, superfoods brand just, just on Tuesday. Um, $60 million in revenue brand. It's a really big brand, done really well. Yeah. They, probably, they exited also. And she was in a startup conference and she met her first investor. And then that got her into 500 startups, Asia. And she learned e-commerce there. And it was, it was growth from, from that point forward. So very, very interesting. So yeah, yeah, sorry, I, I segue. Oh, that's good. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drawing, drawing comparisons. I mean, some of those startup conferences can be really cool because hmm. you just—it's it, you're almost like engineering. It's like putting out into the world what you believe or what you're trying to do, and the people that are attracted to that, like you hmm. know, are, are hopefully doing the same, and you can connect with people. So it only takes one person, right? It's, it's true. That is that is true. So yeah, that, that was sort of how I got into you know into the space and became so passionate about it, and sort of how I started down down this journey. And, you know, that was about three years ago. And since, you know, we've been through a ton, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know, you know, we've linked on LinkedIn and I, I was, I bought like a vintage pop-up camper van and lived out of that for a year, drove around the country, opened up retail. Um, you know, we're, we, we have one of the leading um, kind of blogs on the lion's main search mm-hmm. term on Google right now. Uh, we're building a brand all around uh, like personalizing the customer experience and actually getting them b- building a customer into part of the brand. So have, have you seen any of our recent endeavors with our like little, we have like little creature emojis. Have you seen those? No, I haven't. I've, I've the, the mushroom one just seems to be very dominant. Um, you know, and that's because I follow you personally. Yeah. So we we built this internal function where our new branding has these like little fun playful creatures like it's all these little creatures, okay. and 
what we what we're doing is like post purchase um even in store uh displays everything we're pushing consumers to actually build their own so so they be effectively become part of the brand when they build their own little creatures so i actually i i'm not sure if, if you know probably a lot of your listeners won't see but i'll show you so like okay. This is like an example of like a little creature okay. showing a sticker on screen oh, right now. Here's yeah. another one. They're almost all like real life NFTs. So every single one is unique and, and we build them for, for the customer. And, and what happens then is that for all of our new packaging into the future, all of our new branding, our website, we are actually selecting p- real people's what we call foragers. They're, mm-hmm. they're like these little creatures and we're putting them out there and we're tagging people. And so it's a way to continuously engage with the consumer on, on, on tons of different levels to say, Hey, look, your personal forager could be on our package or is on our package. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's a way of, I believe building long-term loyalty um, around a brand when a consumer legitimately has a personal tie. Um, super, so super th- interesting. Th- uh, uh, just going back to the concept of, you know, um, your granola, which is like a, mm-hmm. a, a breakfast staple and then yeah. integrating, you know, um, your, your, your daily, you know, dose of, of lion's mane. Are there any other active, you know, um, are there any other active mushrooms in, in, in the, in, mm-hmm. in, in it? Um, because like, you know, I told you like we give our kids and it's like, we, we grab a, a glass of milk and then open up a capsule for our 12 year old. We, we give him a, you know, a capsule and a half, I think. I, I don't know what the dosage is. And then he, he sort of mixes it and, and the, the milk doesn't taste, you know, the, the same way. But for granola, just because of the taste of granola, um, it, it should just blend right in. So how do you, what, what are the active, um, you know, um, mushrooms or ingredients are, are in there or nootropics? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So initially we had a blend. We actually had like an energizing and and more of a recovering blend. So Mm -hmm. we were doing two different product SKUs. Uh, We found it to be confusing. So we did pivot out of that, but originally it it was like a Reishi and Chaga and it was a lion's mane and cordyceps. Um, We then pivoted into doing like a standard blend because consumers were kind of confused on that. And our standard blend was, uh, we went into, it was Chaga, or yeah, it was Chaga, Cordyceps, and Lion's Mane. So we sold our products with Chaga, Cordyceps, and Lion's Mane for uh, about a year, year and a half until we discovered um, that, that the FDA actually had not formally approved the use of um, Chaga and, and Cordyceps. Okay. So there's a uh, there's an FDA policy referred to as GRAS. Have you heard of this? G R A S. No. Okay. So GRAS refers to as generally recognized as safe, like G R A S, okay. and it's basically the FDA will will review rel- you know newer ingredients um, and then and then determine hey do we think that like this ingredient is generally recognized as safe. Um, and the reality is, is that they just haven't reviewed chaga or cordyceps yet. So like it hasn't been reviewed. It, it wasn't that, that these mushrooms were reviewed and determined not to be safe. It's just a reality of like the FDA probably has a massive backlog. They, they've reviewed uh, other mushrooms that, that they've deemed as safe. Uh, so lion's mane is an example. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are several retailers um, and, and there are kind of some nuances online, but or some more online retailers where you can't sell products unless all of the ingredients are generally recognized as safe by the FDA. Mm-hmm. So we then pivoted out of that and 
we partnered up with um, the largest mushroom supplier in the United States. Uh, they're, they're also the number one strain developer in the world. Uh, they're called Monterey Mushrooms. They're out of Monterey, California. And what 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 we basically partnered with them is is to get uh, unique access to come up to a couple of their special specialty strains, generally recognized as safe. So our current mushroom blend right now it's it's a lion's mane, and then it, it's actually a, a specialty brown button mushroom that is super high in vitamin D. So our mushroom blend has like proven amounts of bioavailable lion's mane and then bioavailable vitamin D. And that is kind of our like core concept around cognitive health and, and sort of nootropic. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, the granulas, so taste is, is you know, is, will come tops particularly to, you know, to, 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 to shoppers, you know, people who want to serve sort of eaties on a daily basis. That That's the aim, right? Totally. So you have... Taste is king. Yeah, absolutely. So you have sea salt cacao. I love cacao, by the way. I take it daily. Um, cool. We have vanilla almond that just sounds yummy and healthy. And then you have toasted cinnamon. Um, how did you sort of, where were you, how did you formulate the the taste, making sure that, you know, it's optimized mm-hmm. for taste? Um, because yep. the, the ingredients are a given, right? The the the, the vitamin D, mushroom, and, um, and, and, and the lion's mane are a given. So how do you sort of balance that taste and make sure that, okay, this is better than, um, you know, other options on the aisle? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And as mentioned, like we definitely came into this understanding that taste is king. Like Mm -hmm. if the product doesn't taste good, people aren't going to be very interested in eating it. Right. It was a similar issue I ran into with like the teas. Like I just wasn't super satisfied. Mm. So, you know, we we really focus on low sugar. We focus on using whole food ingredients, which, which are, are both pose challenges to, to flavor and taste. Like oftentimes products can mask poor taste with lots of sugar mm-hmm. or fake ingredients that can block certain receptors on your tongue. It's some of the science is, is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually worked, we worked with a food scientist for about a year, year and a half on, on, on the concept and really getting into where it is today. And what we found is, okay, the, the mushroom flavor is sort of this like dull earthy flavor. Yeah. And, uh, a good way to to sort of um, off put it is definitely more of like a, a sweetness sensation, right? But but if we're staying low sugar, how how do we get there? So we were experimenting with all sorts of things, and and what we landed on, and what we have continued to find really interesting, and and has continued to be sort of a, a base of of how we develop products, is we found that like healthy fats. And potent spice. So healthy fats, think like coconut coconut chips Mm -hmm. and coconut oil with like nutmeg or cloves or like a strong cinnamon almost recreates this like sweetness sensation in the mouth and does like a really good job at like blending in that mushroom flavor where like you you don't even realize it's there um, and just like really, really like compliments them super, super well. That's clever. (laughs) That that is amazing! I, wow, coconut oil! Wow, coconut chips with um, with cinnamon. Okay, all right, that's interesting. And just to give you some kudos, right? I'm I'm looking at at the page. Unfortunately, I'm I'm in England, so so I haven't actually bought a a, a forage. But next time I go to the states, mm-hmm. I will. Three grams of sugar, five grams of protein, gluten free, no GMO. Obviously, low sugar, high vitamin D, whole food ingredients, vital brain nutrients. Now, how I know this is really good stuff is when you look at the ingredient list, it is short and simple. And all the names there, I could see 
are, I recognize them. I could see, you know, gluten-free, free oats, sunflower seeds, pure maple syrup, coconut chips, coconut oil, chia seeds, coconut sugar, um, cacao powder, my favorite, sea salt. This is for, for your sea salt um, and, and coconut and um, cacao, I think. Um, you know, lion's mane, organic lion's mane powder, organic vitamin D mushroom powder, and then there's a contains coconut. So clean stuff and tastes mm-hmm. good. Right. So, so how long did you formulate? Did you go through this journey with with taste? You know, really getting the taste. How many iterations did you go through to to get taste right? Oh man. <laughs> I saying. mean, 40, 50. Wow. I, I would say we we probably went. We were probably testing on flavor for two plus years, wow. and like we we're selling, and then it's just like okay, like how can we make it a bit better each time, like. Every single manufacturing run is an opportunity to, to 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 really look at okay how can we tweak this right and obviously once the nutrition label set like like the nutrition label sets yeah. you, you have to like it's not like you're just like switching around a ton of stuff but you can always tweak things um, but yeah it was it was probably took us about six months early on to really land on the concept of like okay we are in on healthy fats and we're in on potent spice and those together create this like magical yeah. relationship right like if, if you take some coconut chips. And you put them in your, you know, and you bake them with like some cinnamon or nutmegs like that. You're, you're going to get a sense of like what some of the base is of, of, of really our products. Like yeah. it, it's just such a satisfying, like the, the fat and the flavor is so satisfying in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Only 4%, um, you know, carbs per seven. Um, it's about 12 grams. So I geek out mm-hmm. in, in, in this stuff. Um, and I like, <laughs> I love it. Uh, I just, I, I, yeah. And to me, this is, this is good stuff. So the, where did you start the the journey, the battle? I'd say it's it's really a battle, really. It's, it's it in, battle. in terms of getting to market. Did you was it was it digital first, or did you say did you take it to yeah? Was it digital first or the other way around, retail? Um, yeah, it was it was a little bit of both. Um, I would say like you know. I had no clue what I was doing at first, like very very first, right? And 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 have learned and 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 understood some things since. Um, but we were, it was really cool getting local feedback. We were selling in some food service. We were selling at some local shops. We were selling online. Uh, we were originally on Amazon. We really don't have much of an Amazon presence anymore. And that's a whole other conversation. We, we've we gotten flagged and taken down there so many times. It's it's really been frustrating Do you know, do you know why? Um, Is it, do you know the reason why? For a, yeah, for well, so early on it happened where like we got flagged as as like a as a CBD product, mm. and we've had like things deleted, and then and then it's happened since. So I'm not sure like if if the brand is tagged with like a CBD alert, and now like it, I just don't totally understand that. We we've worked with Amazon experts before. So I, I, I think like, you know, we do some minor selling on there, but it's, I believe we're actually down on, on Amazon right yeah. now, which is a huge bummer. Um, you, you, but yeah, I would say, sorry, go for it. Go, no, go for it. Go for it yeah. Just, yeah. Early on was definitely some local testing and retail. And then, and then it definitely like for the first, you know, for the first about a year, it was really DSC focused. Um, and then, and then it's transitioned to kind of start building out a retail presence on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, alongside, you know, our, our organic search traffic, which which I briefly touched on earlier. Okay. Super, super interesting. And then on the DTC front, you obviously have lots of customer data. Um, you're interacting with, mm-hmm. you know, with customers. You could, you know, do lots of, st- you know, research. Yeah. 
Um, what's retention like? Um, how many people are, are hitting that um, save and subscribe um, button? Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I, I would say our like, we actually don't have a huge subscriber base. We have, we have like a, a solid repurchase rate around like 30%. Okay. Um, so we see like, we see people returning. And, and what's interesting is I ask them all the time. I'm like, hey, you've bought five, six times in the past six months. On, on average, what we're seeing about like people who are reordering, it's like our reordering once a month is, is really where we see. Mm-hmm. And so we ask them like, hey, why, why don't you subscribe? You know, like why, why, why isn't this something that like you, you know, you, 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 you need to have your every single month instead of making like the conscious decision, like honestly, out of curiosity, what we hear are two things. One, we, some people say that like, they actually try and, well, I, I guess, I guess we hear three things. One is, is, and probably the most like challenging one to overcome is price point. And people are just like, look, it's, it's an expensive product. Like I like this product and I will continue to buy this product, mm-hmm. but it's, not something I'm willing to spend X amount of dollars on every single month, like in, in uh, like sort of automatically. Okay. The, the second one, which is interesting and nuanced is some people say that, that when they get the product, they, some people can't help, but like eat the entire bag and they find that to be a problem, Dude. which, which is interesting. And like, I kind of get it. Like in some sense, I kind of get it, but people are like, yeah, it's like, it's an expensive product. And when I buy it, I eat the whole thing. And like, that's not good for me, which I find interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the third piece of pushback we often get will be like, Hey, like I will, I like to like, you know, I'm not super used to buying like a granola concept online. Like I would rather buy this in store. So for me, like this is something I order and then maybe I'll buy like some other granolas in store and then I'll like be craving yours again and I'll order it again. But for them, like there seems to be a disconnect of like online shopping around that category yeah. versus like it, I, I continue to hear that like they're like, oh, I just buy this type of concept in store. Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 I and I don't like to like I I've heard this before. It's like people are like, I it feels weird for me to spend 40, 50, $60 on granola at a time, even though I may be eating that amount, but it's like, I'm not used to this. And it seems like there, there has been sort of like some, um, some tension just around like actual, you know, consumer behavior of like purchasing habits of categories. Uh, So have have you seen similar things to that? Um, yes, but what we've done is we have created like size and variations right? Uh, and yeah. so there's value. So um, like a mushroom coffee, for instance, comes in um, 412 grams standard, it's ground. Um, and then we we, we kind of like blend it with the extracts, with the mushroom extracts. So so what we then do, what, what we did was we added a, a, almost a 900 gram, um, you know, version of it to double that. And then there's like a mm-hmm. 40% saving, right? Um, or 30, 30 to 40% saving on that. So if you buy a big you you spend more with us. Uh, you go through it. You get more hooked to, to it potentially, and you come back mm-hmm. again. So that's the only thing. But so just looking at a thirty dollar, it makes sense from from their perspective. A thirty dollar price point is is hefty for granola that's you know um, about the size of a bag of coffee, at least UK coffee. I know coffee bags are mm-hmm. bigger in, in the US. So it's it's eight eight yeah. ounces or, or two hundred and twenty six you know grams. Um, where what is taking a chunk of, of that thirty dollars? Is is it the mushrooms that the the cost of the mushrooms that that's taking it? Because 
or is it the the detail in the wholeness and the wholesomeness of the ingredients for that taste it's 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 more the it's more the the it, it's a little bit of both but definitely like if you look look through cogs it's like it's definitely like 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 we use really solid yeah. ingredients um it's definitely a part of it I, I think the mushrooms help justify using some of the ingredients um but it's 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 definitely that and, and the price point is high and, and part of the reason of of moving into like meal bars right and i mentioned it yeah. a little bit earlier like doing a meal bar concept is like we've found and done some testing that like consumers are way more comfortable purchasing this type of item online it's an easier like it's an easier concept to sort of grab and go they're 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 packaged for daily consumption versus like the eight ounce bag it's like some people will just eat the whole thing and some people can you know can can parse it out um we've run into some like manufacturing bottlenecks around trying to do different sizes at scale Mm -hmm. uh it's just has been a challenge so it's something we're still looking at um as well but uh, yeah that's sort of like how we're thinking about the problem and, and sort of remedying well, it so, so are you, you you're so they're not the, the bars are not yet live on your site are you going to test online first before you you attempt to to push out to retail yeah. okay mm-hmm. makes sense yeah that's right yeah yeah we've actually been testing with our current consumers for a bit and and are also doing like especially with, with retail, like, like, yes, absolutely. I, I think the online testing is like, is the flavor mm-hmm. like, like, is the product a good product? Like, like, yes or no. Um, the in-store is like, we'll also do some testing at local stores of like there, you know, there are just some relationships that, that I have where it's like, I can walk in, I can put something on mm-hmm. the shelf and we'll come back after a week and see how well it's sold. And it's like, okay, like, is the packaging right? Is the price point right? Uh, okay. Like, does it stand out? Like, and, and there's a lot of those questions that like can be addressed, but you need to be in store rather than just totally yeah. online. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Great stuff, actually. Great stuff. Great stuff. So what, what's your vision for, for, for forage in, in the sense that, um, do you see forage as a mushroom brand mushroom nutrition brand or nutrition mushroom brand or do you see it do you sort of think you might um be on the breakfast table in in through other products so if granola is not quite your thing it could be cereals or it could be i don't know um, whatever people eat for breakfast yeah (laughs) right um where where do you see forage really um yeah um taking the next steps really yeah, I mean, so these meal bars will still kind of be like categorized, I think, in breakfast or like, you know, just a lot of meal bars are. We're not going to, we're not a protein mm-hmm. bar. Um, so, I, you know, I think kind of the next stage as well, it's like, okay, expansion through that, that same category, that same eating occasion, mm-hmm. right? So it's like the granola is is a somewhat smaller segment and it's like, hey, this is more like you'd have this at home. You know, a lot of people eat it like cereal or with yogurt. The meal bar is a bit more addressing the on-the-go market. It's, it's a slightly different, um, can be a slightly different consumer. And then I think beyond that as well, like, you know, we'll continue to look at different categories. And, you know, I, I think at some point it will make sense to make the jump more into like a, a, a really more of like a, a legitimate snack where like I think today we're, we're focused around that morning eating mm. occasion. I hate to call it breakfast because I, I actually think uh, if you ask a lot of people if they eat breakfast, a lot of people will say no. But a lot of people still consume something around the morning occasion, or it's like a morning snack, or like there's, there's, I feel like different ways that people define that now. So I think, you know, for the foreseeable future, it's definitely morning focused. 
um, and, and probably looking at a couple different channels and, and uh, opportunities. And then from there on out, it's, I think, maybe looking at, at a different food category or a different yeah, food aisle or category altogether. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Do you ever see yourself going into the drinks, um, ever, you know, setting drinks? I'm not interested in drinks, you know, maybe like a mushroom mm-hmm. coffee or like something that, that is shelf stable. I just, just from what I've seen about the ready to drink market, I'm, I have no interest in, in playing there. Well, what have you seen? <laughs> oh man, the ready, I, I, I've, I've read some like, you know, so I, I don't know. I've, I've read a couple market reports or market reports from like some friends who work in like venture capital and just have gotten report sense and like seen some reports that like on average for every single dollar, like a ready to drink beverage, like makes in revenue that they're spending $10 to hmm. acquire it. Like it, it, and like, I've just seen some like really stark stats about like the competitive nature of, of that yeah. market that I'm not, super interested in, in competing in. Uh, there's so many so so, uh, so it's just so many options for for consumers uh, i can imagine yeah okay and in general there are yeah. right like you can say that about a lot of categories yeah. but i just feel like that category in particular so you're you're pre-seed uh, at the minute um how, mm. what, what what does your cap table look like uh, have you got is he is it just angels or um yeah. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Like we're, we're like looking at a seed round. We're also like, you know, we didn't really jump into this and I don't think, you know, we really have time to, but we're looking at uh, an international opportunity actually right now that, that like could actually be a really good funding source. So like deal terms are really solid. Like, like you get, it's, it's like upfront payment, marginal fee. Um, and it's, so it's something where like, like, yes, like, like you need a lot of money to run a food business and a scale of food business. But uh, we're looking, you know, we're always curious to look for other ways yeah. of like, how, how can you raise less money and, and dilute the equity less, right? So, um, yeah, we, uh, yeah, the cap table is pretty solid. We, we you know, lots of, you know, a, a couple, a little bit of family yeah. and friends, a couple of bigger angels, a couple small funds um, is kind of the stage where we're at right now. We're in some diligence right now with like three smaller funds. Um, and yeah, kind of just you know take, taking it day day by yeah. day. If, no, if I'm also looking at your distribution strategy. As in, I, I looked at the store locator on your on your website, and your your your, your national, your your every. So, what tips would you give to to listeners? Um, you know who 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 are essentially starting out and um looking to to to, to get into into grocery or retail in in store, basically. Yeah. And, and, and some of the national presence has been more pull. Like we don't actually like super push a lot of national uh, accounts. Like there have been certain accounts we've targeted and been like, okay, we think that account in that region makes sense. Um, man, for people who are looking to go into retail, like I think if I were, if I were going to go and work with you and, and talk to you about things, like I would test on a hyper local scale in your own market, like try and find a, a market that, that you think is a really good cross section of like, Hey, they carry premium goods. They also carry super conventional goods. Like there's a lot of traffic in and out of here and, you know, a locally owned market where like you can go and and become friends with that owner and and literally go and run tests, like get packaging mock-ups made, go put them on shelves, see how they sell to really get an understanding of like, will your product succeed on the market or not? Um, And, you know, like some of those tests can just be really telling. Like a lot of people will, will design packaging and all these things and will order it without even like first getting a legit sample, going and putting it on a shelf and looking at it. And it's crazy how much you can learn by 
just going out there and putting something on the shelf and looking at it against where against against its environment what else is it sitting next to right what what is the consumer seeing so i think some of that upfront work it oftentimes can get delayed and then a lot of people are backpedaling into it or, or or shifting on the fly which has definitely been us in the past but like would 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 definitely advise like taking your time up front and make sure you're getting the, the packaging, the pricing, the placement all right and all understood before you really start trying to make a, a big push in the channel. Very, very, very valid points. Just context is, is everything in, in retail. And yeah, mm-hmm. if you test small, you fail small. <laughs> going really big. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not going to take too much of your time. I'm very respectful of your time, but I can't let you go till you get into not. our lightning round i'm going to ask you five or six questions and if you use a single answer to answer each of them a single sentence rather than answer of them would be great um let's start out are you a morning person yes, what does your definitely. morning routine look like get up coffee shower organize the day and then start right. the day are you in sports uh, just I just do okay. triathlons. Well, well, that's pretty good. Um, who's your favorite team? What is your favorite team, or um, who's your favorite athlete? Mm. Favorite athlete right right now. Ooh. I guess I'm not really a sports guy. Okay. Uh, favorite athlete. Uh, Maybe there, there's a triathlete I really like. His name is Lionel Sanders. He's kind of a psycho and I think he's funny okay. to watch. Right. Check him on, on, on Instagram. We'll link to his Instagram. Yeah. What two things can't you live without? Ooh. My eye mask for sleeping. Eye mask for sleeping and... Probably my AirPods, which I'm embarrassed no, to say. I, I take them with me. Um, okay, next question is, um, what book are you currently reading or listening to? Yeah, I'm reading uh, and listening to two books. <clears throat> Empire okay. of the Summer Moon, which is the history of the Comanche Indians. It's really good. Really, really awesome story. Like, just so cool. And then I'm listening to Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, which is a, it's a recent uh, bestseller book. It's about it's about it's about kind of relationships and uh, it follows this relationship of a girl and a guy throughout their entire lifetime uh, and it's it's cool interesting we'll we'll, we'll link to, to both in the show notes and then finally what's been your best mistake to date by that I mean a setback that's given you the biggest feedback mm, there was a there was a major investor we were gonna take on and uh, we kind of blew the deal and and part of it was really devastating at the time, but part of why he was going to give us money was because his son was going to work with us. And so it was a good, his son didn't end up working with us. And so it, it was just like, I think it was overall positive for, like for everybody. And, and, a, and a good I lesson like to learn. my favorite answer. Yeah. Um, amazing, amazing, amazing stuff, Parker. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love weird. I didn't see anything weird here. I, I was just, to me, it was just value. <laughs> we we, we got true. along, you know, pretty well. Um, for those who want to, to catch up with you, it's, it's, it's Forage, um, F-O-R-I-J. 
um, dot co and um, you're very active on LinkedIn. We'll link to your your your, your LinkedIn um, you know profile. Cool. Thank you so much for coming and making it to the Two X E-commerce podcast. Yeah, thanks, brother. Hey, I'll give you a little I'll give you a little fist bump to the camera. Bang. <laughs> <laughs>